Miller Lite, the official beer partner of your Philadelphia Phillies, is proud to serve as presenting sponsor of WIP's High Hopes Pod. So whether you're listening to the game, catching up on the latest High Hopes Pod, or at the ballpark, remember, it tastes like Miller time, Phillies fans. Celebrate responsibly. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast, Jack. Thank God they won today because... I mean, come on. Since the last time we spoke, a 2-4 and four homestand against the Marlins and the Red Sox and some feeble efforts along the way. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't sell me right now. I don't need you to sell me. I'm, I'm very disappointed in this team right now, Jack. All I'm saying is this, is that uh, I'm hot, the Phillies are hot, <laughs> everyone's hot. Um, if it weren't the- for Zach Wheeler, where who would have thunk that at this point in the season it would be like not even close to it, not even just not a controversial statement, but an inarguable statement that Zach Wheeler has been far and away the Phillies' best player this season. And, like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is. He's been, I mean, again today, it's like, I don't know, I just expect, you know, seven innings, 8K. I mean, he le- Zach Wheeler leads the National League in strikeouts, yeah. and that is crazy. Man. Given like what we talked about last year with him, I was like, yeah, this is cool, like great, nice uh, ground ball, double plays, and all that stuff. But can you strike if, guys efficiency, out? Efficiency, throw- Jack. Efficiency. Oh, he's, he's trading K's for outs, baby. Oh, that's so exhilarating. Smart. I love the old pitch of contact. He's smart. Yeah. Yeah, and then this you year you know he's what's like, oh, fun wait. is when he goes eight and still strikes out like ten or eleven guys. That that's super fun. Yes, so it's uh, it, it's it's <laughs> Zach Wheeler being as good as he is completely blinds me <laughs> from the uh, the rest of the homestand. And also, James, I don't know about you, and I, like honestly, I have a bones pick with you that I think I need to get out of the way now. Oh, terrific! That's um, I, uh, I think that's the perfect way to start the pod. Let, lay it on me. You didn't tell me that owning a house is so much work. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm so hot. It's so hot all day. I'm outside doing yard work, and now I'm up in my attic, which is like the hottest room in the place. Yeah, just buddy. burning up. Yeah, but, but, but. My but. basement is great. It's like the perfect temperature. So Yeah, so you went to the, can't, the cool can't, part. Can't relate, buddy. I put the, I put my podcast place <laughs> in the hottest part of the house, so um, yeah, you can't blame yeah. me for that one, buddy. And, uh, well, I can I can find a way, that's for you sure. Sure but, will, uh, you sure will. Yep, but it, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm dreading this Marlin series. Oh my god! Out. So four in Miami. It's like also the oh, also great. the weird the weird like Monday through Thursday, Friday off two game series on Saturday and Sunday is like. What the what the bleep is that? Like, what are we doing? Like, really, 
Oh, baseball being baseball. I don't want to uh, capitalize on the weekend crowd. Yeah, why right? would you want a Friday night game to watch? Um, all right, but we'll we'll look ahead to the Mar. Well, again, we don't curse, but but bleep the Marlins. Like that's the the. I mean, is there honestly? Look, all right. The last any Phillies fan, we never lie to the Ops listeners. The Ops listeners wouldn't lie to us, and we would all agree. Everyone listening, we would say that. Even, let's say, to put it nicely, the last three to four years, obviously longer, but but just this incarnation of the Phillies has been frustrating, right? It's been a frustrating team to watch, and I think of all the frustrating things, the bad bullpen, the blown games, the defense this season, which we'll talk more about, all that stuff. Like The single most frustrating thing of this whole time is that they can't beat the freaking Marlins. Like, I... I'd rather face the, the 1927 Yankees than the Marlins, Jack. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, we don't lie to the high hopes <laughs> listeners. Oh, my God. Uh, Thursday after the game, I texted James, and I was like, no one wants to listen to us come up and talk know, about this series against the Marlins. I know, I know. Dude, if they so, didn't win today, like, we were recording tonight no matter what, but them winning today was, like, really saved everyone from a, a real – uh, uh, extra depressing podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, and like, we try to do our best not to be full on depressing. But like, when you watch this team and you live and die with this team oh, every single my night, God. like it's it's so, and, and honestly, James, and I know we just said we don't lie to the high ups listeners, but like after the Marlins series and really the first two games of the Red Sox series, like I had never felt more like disconnected with the Phillies than I than I had been like these last couple of days. Just because, like, like the effort bothers me, mm-hmm. the the defense bothers me, the strikeouts bother me, Nola not stepping out bothers me. Uh, it just feels Joe like Girardi's decision making yeah. bothers he, you. Their, he bothers their me. roster management bothers you. We'll get it all of it, but like, there's and and like Jack, like as much as anything, like they're just not fun to watch. Like they don't rake. If anything, they rake for like one inning, and then it's like pulling teeth the rest of the game. Like they don't, you know, put the ball and play a ton. They strike out like crazy, like you said. They don't come through when you want them to. It seems like nothing gets them jazzed up. Like watching this Red Sox team this weekend, it's like every home run, like the whole dugout celebrating, and they're like doing moves and high fives and dances. This team feels like lifeless, Jack. That's the problem. Yeah, well, they're putting guys in shopping carts and yes, like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And there's a reason they're like twelve games or eleven games over five hundred, and one of the best teams in baseball. Like, well, also, I mean, I, I don't think it's talked about enough about how ne- like how good at his job Alex Cora is. Like, oh, dude, the, the, oh, he's like, outstanding. Like the Red Sox were terrible last year. Also, Alex Cora's back, and they're like, back to being the best <laughs> team in the AL. Uh, and he called out Larusa. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I would have my guys back no matter the situation. He's like, you keep that in house. Like he just understands the players, and the players relate to him, and he understands like moments and moves and who's ready and who's not. Like he's he's fa- you're right. He's fantastic. He was such a big part of them winning in in 2018. Uh, would he put would he put his uh, starter that's been on a roll into the game in the seventh inning the day after being scratched with the numbness in his yeah, in his and also finger? also when you know you have a kid making his you know essentially first start of the season. He's been up so far, but a first start of the season on a pitch count. It's like oh yeah, let's use both Vinny and Chase Anderson. Like sure. That you're two guys who are stretched out in case, oh, like what happened, Spencer could only last a couple innings. Like, like 
who couldn't foresee this coming? And going back to the last pod, the stuff in, in Dunedin against Toronto, like, like Didi, oh, let's not put him on the IL. Let's play this game shorthanded. Then that you have a game where Zach, you know, early in the week where Zach Wheeler's pinch hitting in the third inning of a baseball game. And I know that it's because Vinny can't well, come. Vinny, like, you know, that screwed up. But like, and look, I know Zach Wheeler's probably better than, than some of these bench guys. Like, I get it. But like, it's just the rot. And then JT goes on IL. And it's just like the roster mismanagement has been like, like really disheartening, man. Like they don't, like forgetting just the poor effort and poor play on the field, which we'll get to, but like from a uh, uh, the people in charge of this team perspective, like they're not making you feel like they know what they're doing right now. Yeah, and I can't tell if that's uh, Fold or Dombrowski. Like I just, I have a hard time believing that Dombrowski is like not, you know. Hands on. Yeah, well, I, you know. I, I mean, would that's think his that, reputation. Right, and also, but I, I would think that this would be on fold to get guys here and ready to play. And apparently, like, it's like they don't want to put Luke Williams on the 40 man roster. And it's like, I mean, I get it, but the guy's, the guy's batting 400 and playing all over the field. And, like, he's, he's got selection for the Team USA team. Like, like you, you need him. Like, like who cares about the, the bottom of the 40 man roster? Like, you need that guy when, he, when he's, whatever. But yeah, it's like you're playing National League baseball. Like having a having 14 pitchers and a four-man bench or whatever with one of those guys being a catcher is is in, it's insane. And and again, and I don't we don't bring up Gabe or whatever. But if Gabe had Zach Wheeler hitting in the third inning oh of the game, oh my god, he would have been. It would have again like one of the like six or seven things that Girardi has done this season, Jack. That if it had been Gabe, it would have been something that we talked about on WIP for the rest of the season. Like until Gabe left, we would have brought it up. Like like everyone did with the Nola. I mean, we heard about the sixty-eight pitches in Atlanta. For the rest of his time in Philly, you know, it's I'm so with you, dude. I'm so with you. Girardi has done like five things this season where people would just kill Gabe. Oh, and by the way, Gabe's got, if not the best record, like one of the best records in baseball right now. So, you know, cool. With a much worse roster, like a much worse roster. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but it's it's just been it's, it's you can't go into games with three man bench and you can't like it's just it's. None of what they've done recently makes sense, and I get they don't have the greatest, you know, minor league depth or whatever. And I actually, like, I'm glad they're kind of not bringing up Mickey and just letting him stay down there. And you know, you hope he, you can kind of get him in a rhythm and and whatnot, rather than hey, you're up today, hey, you're down today, all that stuff. Um, but they got to find a solution because it's just, it's just, <laughs> it, 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 again, it's major league baseball, it's national league baseball. You can't have a three man bench with one of those guys being a catcher. So it's a four man bench. Like it, 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 it doesn't feel like there's a plan here. It doesn't feel like anyone, like even the whole, I mean, even the, it, it's a couple weeks ago, but, but Aniel De La Santa is not being on the, totally <laughs> on, the, yeah. on the scorecard. Totally. Like who, who is this on? Like, is this, why are they not putting guys on the DL when they ship on the IL when they ship it on the IL? Like you got to wait five days and have, to put JT on the IL, really, and play with yeah. short rosters. Like, why are you getting yourself also, in these situations where you can't? Compete? What drives me, what, what drives me crazy is like, why are we being so short sighted? Like, it's, I understand we want to win as many games as possible, but it's May. How about we get the catcher healthy rather than worry about oh he can go today, but then he might get hurt and be back back down tomorrow. It's like, 
hey, how about we get the guy right and then we'll and then and then we'll bring him back up rather than have no idea if he's going to be there or not. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. It's been mystifying. And again, look, we've talked about it before. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. I think that this team's ultimate Achilles heel is is the roster depth is the over a course of 162 game season like they just don't have enough guys to to fill the holes that you get. Like that whether it's through injuries or slumps or bad pitchers like hey you signed two guys for seven million and they both suck like you know to be your four and five like that stuff happens right i mean it does and they just don't have the roster depth they don't have the minor league depth they don't have the a good bench they don't have like you know the jay bruce's on the bench like guys like that where you can like say all right if jay bruce has to start for a week like that's cool that's fine he's okay you know that type of stuff and and then they don't have the minor league talent to bring up where it's, you know, I'm not even talking about having like superstars to bring up. I'm talking about having just major league regulars, guys who you can plug oh, a Maytons. hole with. Exactly. Nick Maton is the one example. You're exactly right, Jack. Those guys. And, and, and maybe Luke Williams could be that kind of guy or, or better, who knows, but they're not giving him a chance to, and they'd rather play with a short roster. And that's a much bigger easier way to lose games and say, oh, maybe we can get JT back and save three days of four days of IL time. Like it just, it just has been strange the way they've gone about managing this roster and it's absolutely impacted games and cost them games. And it's, it's well, you know what's funny. You know, what's funny as I was thinking about this the other day, uh, I was watching yet another <laughs> miserable night of Phillies baseball. God. But I'm so with you, by the way, real quick on what you were saying before about being like checked out over the weekend almost. Like I watched the games, but I was the 11-3 game and the 4-3 game at which I just never thought they were actually going to win. Like I just was like as uninvested as I've been in a while. Anyway, go ahead. Right. And, uh, yeah. And it, it's it. And listen, we'll watch. We'll we'll get just as upset. It's just it's just like I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself. Again, really, like again with this, it's it's again, uh, you know, not playing hard and and not looking like they care. And I get that happens when when your offense is down and it's not hitting well. But it's just like, you know, you invest all this time in it, and it's just like <laughs> they always, you know, they always let you down. But whatever. Hopefully they can figure it out. But um, I was actually thinking about like Dabrowski and kind of what he's doing this year, and. I just feel like it's almost like they're trying to they're trying to rebuild, not rebuild. They're trying to retool at the same time as trying to compete. Like the it, the the time in that they brought in Dombrowski, they brought him in right towards pretty much the end of uh, not even like a rebuild, but a team that's ready to compete. But there's so many flaws with how they're built, you know, their infrastructure, all of that. It's almost like this whole year is him just. Overseeing the team, seeing what they got wrong, seeing what they got right, and just kind of letting this year play out without a sense, of, a sense of urgency and just seeing who can stick and see who can't stick. So maybe that's why they're doing the whole roster management the way they are because they're trying to figure out who can we have going forward, who can we not have going forward. But I just get this sense that it's going to be another one of those deadlines and time setting up to the deadline. Well, they're not going to make any impactful moves. I don't know if they're going to sell pieces. I don't know what they're going to do because I just feel like the president is just kind of in this evaluative state. And it's just such a weird time to be in an evaluative state 
given that your team is supposed to compete for the NL East this year, and they're they're built like they're supposed to compete for the NL East this year, they're underperforming that goal. But I almost don't get this sense that they're going to, you know, if they're even close to being in it, that they're just going to push all the chips in and just try to win the NL East and, and make the playoffs because I don't think that's what almost Dombrowski was brought in for. I think for as much as Dombrowski was brought in for his baseball chops and for his, you know, track record of building teams, I think he was brought in just as much as to oversee the organization and see what they got right, see what they got wrong, and really, like, this offseason, we're going to see, like, a good amount of shakeup just because he gets a whole year of seeing who should stick and see who, sh- who should not stick. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible, but it, it doesn't make this situation any less frustrating because this roster is, you know, essentially built to win right now. Sadly, it's obviously way too flawed to really compete but you know and i'm with you look i i think you know there's a real argument to be made that it makes a lot more sense for them to sell at the trade deadline than to to buy i mean you could make that argument obviously there's a lot of time before then a lot could change but i mean their game under 500 the mets are a game and a half up in the division they've been playing with like two-thirds of their roster as guys who weren't even on their roster to start the season i mean you like we're, we're complaining about phillies injuries they've been murdered with injuries i just you know it doesn't feel like a team that like you said has a real chance to make a serious run of any sort of kind certainly even to win the nl east and i'm with you i don't know what they're gonna do and i don't know what dombrowski's long-term plan is but but they look they need to do something because you know again back to this team let's kind of talk about some of the the games in in a bigger sense with like culturally with this team, I mean, how how many times can we see guys just boot baseballs and just make stupid plays on defense? I mean, Alec Boom, that play, I mean, on Saturday night, the one we saw a million times or whatever, you know, with the, the throw to second, then Gene Segura like laying on the ground at the point where he gets hopped over by a runner. And it's just like, it just feels like a bad, a bad vibe on this yep, team a bad a bad sense doesn't it yeah and like going back to the boston thing like boston a similar type of thing they're not like going for it right now they're rebuilding they brought high in to kind of tear stuff down they trade mookie bets but yet they have one of the best records in baseball because they do have some really good young hitters and jd martinez is jd martinez and they got some stuff but like there's a good vibe around that team alex core has that team vibing and and playing for each other and having fun like you don't feel that at all with this phillies team jack it feels like uh you know just a Man, when they get down, they get so down. I mean, the the, the four-game losing streak prior to, to winning today, like, if they felt lifeless and heartless, and I think Harper is probably hurt still, but, man, I mean, some of his at-bats were like, I don't even care. I don't even want to be here, it felt like. So, I don't know. That That's as big a, a worry for me as anything with this group right now, you know? Yeah, I mean, when Harper's not going well, he – you know, I mean, he could be hurt. He probably definitely is probably still hurt. But when he's not going well, he sure lets you know that he's not going well. Um, so that, that's frustrating from your, you know, star right fielder. But, um, yeah, it, it it when and I tweeted this yesterday. It was like when they when they're riding high and everything's fine. Oh, you, you don't see a team having more fun than the Phillies. But as soon as they kind of get punched in the mouth, in a sense, they have no, they have no, no counterpunch, you know, like, and it, I guess it does suck that JT's out. Cause I think that's something that JT's always been pretty good at. Like 
you can kind of get behind that guy and, 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 you know, he's going to do the right things and, and help you win ball, ball games. And he's kind of that stand up player. Um, but like they just haven't shown an ability to bounce back. Um, and it really goes back to even like since 2019, like that's been like the culture of this team is they haven't shown that ability to, to fight through adversity and, and whatnot. And it's so frustrating because you see these moments and you see them coming throughout the season and it's like, all right, there's kind of the jump start that they need. And they never really capitalize on it. Like the Segura blow up on Sunday night. Nothing. Or Sunday afternoon. Nothing. 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 They come well, they did come back on Tuesday. Yeah, and, and then runs, yeah, so. and then they lose four straight. Like they had one inning and they scored uh, like two other runs that entire series other than that one inning. I'm with you. It was one inning and it was awesome. We are all like, oh, here it goes. And then they lose four straights. What this team does, like they never, they never get on a roll. They never use these things as fuel. They never seem like they're all kind of, you know, there doesn't seem like they're, it doesn't feel like a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a team. And I don't, I, I guess I just don't know how to, how to like quantify that or how to you know put my finger on what the issue is like because I, I don't i don't know i mean we're not in the dugout but like you see a team like the red sox who i think the phillies are on par with them when it comes to talent obviously devers jd xander are otherworldly i mean they're three great pieces to have but the um, phillies definitely have a better rotation i mean you could better rotation, could you argue yeah. more talent in the pen i don't know if it's a better pen but like you're, you're it's definitely fair to say that they're as talented as the red sox for sure but but you just never see them like they never live up to that they never live up to that and um i i don't know like i i i personally I always think it goes goes back to the the leaders of the clubhouse, and it goes back to the best players on the team, and you know, kind of the leading by exampleness of your best players, because ultimately, like a, like a manager can only do so much. He's a what whatever the age difference is, he's always older than the players. He tries to p- get along with them, but ultimately, he's the manager, and he's he's shown respect and whatnot. Like players bond with players, and players play for other players. They don't play for a manager, you know. I think a manager can kind of get them fired up um, for, like, a game. But overall, over 162, it's guys in that dugout picking each other up and and saying, hey, you're going through this. I went through this in my career. Here's something that you can do to kind of get through it. And, like, I look at a guy like Alec Bohm, and it doesn't look like anyone's talked to Alec Bohm. Like, it, doesn't, it looks like he's just going through this by himself and he doesn't have anyone to turn to in that dugout to say, hey, can you help me out? And maybe Alec doesn't want help or whatnot. Um, but, like, he looks like a guy that needs classic veteran presence that's around them saying, hey, do this, do this, do this. You'll be, you'll be okay. Instead, he's just going out there every night, making mistakes and looking lifeless at the plate. And I don't know. Like maybe there's a maybe there's a leadership void on this team. Um, maybe there's a maybe they need more homegrown players. But even those homegrown players are coming into a dugout that is filled with players that were brought in elsewhere and who have won elsewhere and are kind of here um, because they paid them a ton of money to be here. So it's it's a really tough predicament to be in. Um, but the only thing that I can come back to with how this team is playing and the the team that I'm watching is that there's a there's a leadership void. There's something wrong in the clubhouse. 
Um, and they, they can't just get on the same page and, and pull for one another and, and, and figure out how to win ball games. So I, I, if I had to guess, that would be it. Yeah, I don't think there's any question there's a leadership void. And I, I agree with you. It is something that has to come within that clubhouse from the players. And, you know, that's where it can truly come from. But I also don't think that that excuses that Joe Girardi hasn't done a great job in this sense either. I mean, just the fact that, I mean, look, the fact that that play with the Bowman, Gene Segura just lying on the field while a play's happening and while he's getting leaped over by someone after all the stuff that's happened with Gene Segura, I mean, like... What are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing? At a certain point, Joe Girardi, like, I know it's not his style, but 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 lose your your mind for a minute here, buddy. Like, flip some tables, do something. Oh, well, he just did, but he just did Kinda, that last Sunday. But like, I mean, again, like, he they oh they love each other. It's all good, but then you do it again. It's like I don't know. It just it feels like there is a lack of accountability here. And I do think you're right. I think ultimately the, the core problem is, is the leadership void. But I, I do think it does feel like Girardi is asleep at the wheel somewhat. And certainly his in-game decisions have made you feel that as well. So I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, the defense. I mean, are we doomed to watch this just all season? It's horrible, man. It's hard. Even today they win the game. It's like the play before, you know, the last out of the game, you know, Nap and, and Boom. I mean, Boom, dude. I mean, he is a, a just Bad. such a liability, man. I mean, obviously he's been horrendous offensively. I'm I'm less worried about that long term. He is not at their base. He cannot play third base. It's over. It's done. The experiment is over. I obviously they can't do anything right this second. It feels like, but he stinks, man. He is a horrible third baseman. Well, listen, I base everything off of Reese Austin's playing left field and he's not that bad. No, so, no, but he's not as far off as, you know, you might think. Uh, I mean, what do yeah. they do? I mean, what what about the fact that like, look, I get it. They're incredibly lacking talent, but what about the mental stuff? All the mistakes, all the, you know, looking the ball in, knowing where <laughs> to go with the ball, like this stuff that, you know, I mean, how many times are we like, oh, bad news bears, bad news bears? I mean, enough. Like, how? This is Little League. This yeah, is little league. enough, man, enough. It, it's well, that's it's kinda, infuriating. That's, that's got to come from the players to say, we're done. We're not doing like that. That comes from the leadership core. Like, Joe Girardi flipping our tables is fine, but like, you. All right. Here's the way I'll explain it the manager getting mad is like, oh, cool, Joe's upset, whatever. But players getting mad at other players, or not not like, you know, in public eye. You don't want that in public eye, but behind the scenes. Then you're letting down people that you're actually going to bat with. So, listen, it's got to be on someone in that dugout. The, the, it beside, the manager tried. It, it didn't work. Um, the thing is, is, is Andrew McCutcheon getting more healthy to play left field? No. Is Alec Bone, can he play anywhere else besides third base at the moment? No. Uh, Reese Hoskins Sickle? getting any better at first base? No. No. He can't go anywhere at first base. Herrera takes, like, the craziest routes, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been fine defensively. Um, um, and Segura, you know, it's funny because before these last three weeks, it was like, Segura's doing great at second base yeah. defensively. Um, and I have no idea what happened, like, three weeks ago because it's been – it's been back to being like the Segura that's been traded five times. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I literally have no idea what, what's happened. The problem with the Phillies defense is that <laughs> they're kind of locked in. I don't know what I, I really don't know what they can do. Uh, like, and, and if you make moves on defense, then you're making your offense worse. But also, if you make moves on defense, you have no bench to use <laughs> to, to bring those guys in. So here's the conclusion, James. They are screwed. They're screwed. There's nothing they can do other than hope that they get better. Um, the, all these guys are locked into their positions. There's nowhere else they can go. You can't hide them anywhere because there's too many holes. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is, is it fair to say that we're just absolutely screwed with defense and we're going to have to live through four more months of this? Yeah, that's great. This is, uh, you sound pumped. Yeah. You know, all right, let, let's get into some other stuff. Cause this has been a really uplifting conversation. Uh, let's keep it going. Does Archie Bradley stink? What's the deal? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that his whole fortunes as a Philadelphia Phillies pitcher could have changed if he had come on this podcast, but I'm also not going to say not say that. You know, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't say they didn't, butterfly effect, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, does he stink? Uh, I mean, you hope he's just coming back from the injury, but the fastball velo is down, doesn't have the same bite to it. His, even his curveball doesn't have the same bite to it. Um, he's not fooling anyone. Uh, Changeup has not been impressive. So, you know, you you hope it's just coming back from the injury and you hope all that stuff. But, man, like <laughs> the idea that we're getting back like a stopper uh, with Archie Bradley getting back from the from, from the IL is definitely not happening. Um, I mean, he should be better than most of the guys that they can put out there. But, whew, I don't know. Like his stuff does not – Look like the stuff of a guy that's, uh, you know, got overpowering, uh, you know, stuff. So not not great from Archie Bradley. And, yeah, this weekend has definitely set up the uh, the battle arms. And it, him just losing in the dugout was was uh, was a moment for sure. All right. I have a couple of things I want to get to with you. A uh, couple tweets we need to talk about. But uh, let's do the take bag first. What do you got? Wow, you're just springing the take bag on me? You weren't ready? No, I'm fine. I just have to pull it up. Um, bu- 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 bu. I mean, unless there's anything else that's no, on no, the no, take no, bag no, from no. the... I mean, no, like, Nola, um, you know, Nola wish he had been better in that spot. Yeah. He wasn't. Well, even know. Nola... Yeah, even Nola... He wasn't like, horrible. It. It's just like what, you yeah, know... But, but that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, every start now is like, well, it wasn't horrible. I know, like, you're I right. Know. I, you know, know. Who's, I know. I mean, look, let's be honest. Right now, Zach Wheeler's the ace of the t- this team, flat out. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, so Nola is frustrating. Also, real quickly on the bone plate, I actually thought he made the right decision to cut it. Like, I didn't think that he was going to get the guy out of the plate. He's just to make a better throw to second. Yeah, base, I, I didn't have a problem with the cut either. I know people were criticizing that. It's the throw to second and then the reaction and then Skura reaction. And also Odubel not backing up there. Yeah, but, but Odubel's not even – should never even be in that play. Like, I mean, that's just – asking Odubel to be in that situation is like asking, you know, the, the left fielder to back that play up. Uh, I don't know. I get it. I get it. I get it. Ultimately, um, that's, you're throwing it, you know, ten feet. Throw it better. Yeah, you would. You would think. Um, but listen, I mean, I saw worse throws from a quarterback this year. So hey, I'll give him a, I mean, I'll look, Segura laying on the ground while the play was still going on might be worse. So, oh, so, like, honestly, way worse. That's the story. Yeah, that's the story. Like, I agree. I mean, that's just I, like 
the worst part for sure. <laughs> Insane. God, he um, sucks, man. He is so not fun to have on your team. Yeah, I, I he's hits. just not a fun player to root for. I, I just I don't enjoy the Gene Segura experience. Can't well, can't yeah, wait till he hits his two hundred tenth double. Are we gonna shut the game down for half an hour? Yeah, I mean, we sh- he should go around the the park like uh, like Ripken. God. Um, uh, JT's quotes about uh, oh, baseball. Oh, buddy, how about it? Like uh, for a catcher to come out and say that, saying that you know people are using substances to pitchers are using them, which look has been going on forever, and we know it, but. JT saying way more than ever and calling it out. And look, I'm sure some of his pitchers are using it, right? I mean, everybody does. Exactly. Exactly. Like him, him, it's almost like he's feeling the, 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 the baseballs before he throws them back. And he's like, are you guys? <laughs> um, but it's funny because I do think he's right. Me too. Like if Me you, too. If you want to get, if you want to get more action back in baseball, I mean, not, I think I think you can allow some sticky substances, whatever, just to so you don't lose grip and whatnot. Um, but I mean, it's out of control. I mean, just some of this, like, <laughs> there's no way the you can make the ball spin the way these guys are making the ball spin. It's just it's 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 impossible. It, the these balls are it's it's unfair. It's honestly it's unfair given how like. Like I'm watching Bauer and Spincinati and all this. Stuff, well, especially like, when they're mixing it with like 98, 99, 100, 100 plus. Like it's like what you know? What are these? And like you know, like pitching ninja will do those overlays where it'll be like a, a 99 mile per hour fastball overlay with like an 85 mile per hour curveball, and it looks exactly the same coming out of his hand. It's like this tight, oh, you know, it's, it's like this. It's like, what are they supposed to do? I mean, the numbers make it very clear. We all see the numbers. The Phillies are striking out almost 28% of the time they step to the plate. Almost a third of the time a Philadelphia Philly steps to the plate this season, they strike out. Like, that's a problem. Well, I think the Mariners are their team average is under two hundred. Yeah, another is, also a problem. You know. Yeah, it's 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 not great. It's not um, the best version of baseball. It's just not. No, it, they need they need to figure out a way to yeah, get more. Yeah, whether it's moving the game. mound back, whether it's moving it down. Well, that's a terrible. I mean, that's a terrible. What, idea. Uh, whatever. I mean, they need to try something. Like, and I this seems look this seems like about as easy and quick uh, an attempt at a fix as you could do. Just outlaw it. And be like, okay, we're cool, and see what happens. I mean, why not? I don't want to be the integrity police, but I never used uh, substances. I, on I my believe hands. it, Jack. You never needed it's probably, it. You never needed it. It's probably the only reason I'm. It's the only reason I'm sitting here. Today, <laughs> yes, some, I'm sure. Some say. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I actually do wonder. I do wonder if if it, it if that's the reason it feels like so many guys are getting hit in the face this year. Um, just because, like, all right, if you throw a baseball. If you throw a baseball normally, like you can get the good feel on it. But if you add the substance to it, like you don't know how sticky your hand is, and you think the ball's going one way, but if it has extra stick on it or whatever, and then maybe it gets held in there a little bit longer, and you pull it, and you hit a guy in the face. I don't know. It's it's something that I would do away with it. Um, but if J, the fact that JT is coming out and saying, "Hey, this is out of control," 
given that he is a catcher on a major league baseball team with pitchers who are definitely doing this. It's definitely uh, an important, important uh, discussion. Um, oh, listen. I mean, I l- love Spencer Howard. Um, Pat, was that a past tense or a love or oh love? My, well, duh. just the whole, just the whole. Yeah, my velocity dipped by five miles an hour because I had to jog to first base as a as like an excuse. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, that's about like, as lame as it gets. I mean, and just it was the same crap last year. Where it was the same crap where it's like, oh, he's dominant for two innings and then he's down to ninety one, and it's like either change up your regiment. Like, just figure it out. I mean, you're, you're the number one pitching prospect on the team. Like, control how how hard you can throw late into the game. I mean, do you want to be a starting pitcher? Do you want to be a good major league baseball player? Or do you want to be this guy that has all the stuff in the world and can't figure it out? Like, it is inexcusable, inexcusable for him to be at 92 miles an hour in the third inning. I'm sorry. It is. You, you can't and, – and using the excuse that you were running to first base is a reason why you lost five miles an hour? Dude, figure it out. Like, like and again, and, and, and until he figures that out, I'm not banking on Spencer Howard for anything. I'm not buying into Spencer Howard for anything. That's, that's absurd. It's, you don't lose five miles an hour. Like, that's not how this works. Just, just figure it out. Like, you are the number one pitching prospect. You, are, you have the capability of throwing 97, 98 miles an hour. Name another good pitcher that can go from that to 91 and continue to get outs. Are, are, you, are you putting in the work it takes to be a, a major league caliber starting pitcher, or are you just relying on popping the guns for two innings and then just, you know, whatever? Like it, that quote <laughs> drove me insane. And sitting there on Saturday – Watching his velo, he was his last pitch was ninety miles an hour. Like, are you are you kidding me? And I don't think it's an excuse of him being stretched out or not being stretched out or any of that stuff. I just wonder if I just wonder if the conditioning or all that stuff is is there for this guy to live up to to the hype. But until he can figure that out, he's not he's not gonna you can't you can't you know bank on him being a consistent member of this rotation. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I can't say this strongly enough. Agree. <laughs> I mean, I did. I think you nailed it. I got that. The excuse alone, like it makes honestly, like if we're being honest with ourselves, him saying the velocity dip was because he had jogged to first base. Like, I'm kind of out on him. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I know that you know he's important, and it would really sink if he sucks. But like that alone is like really. This is a guy who I expect to pitch playoff innings for me someday. Really? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, so, hey, hopefully it was just the jogging to first base, but holy smokes. Man. Yeah, then you might want to do a little jogging, pal. Jesus. Maybe get in shape. I don't know. Um, uh, I like Ronald Torres. Dude, uh, how about that? Like, who knew? What a machine. Hitting machine, Ronald Torres. Ronnie, Ronnie Torres. Um, he is a good, solid baseball player. I mean, electric in the field, like quick hands, all that stuff. It's like, it's like, wow, you see Ronald Torres play baseball in the field, and it's like, is this how Major League Baseball players are supposed to look? Um, 
And they yeah, threw him in center field the other day. And he caught a ball in the gap. I know. So he's such I mean, a, a goofy looking, you know, batter, but he's been getting hits. Yeah, I mean, he's just a little guy that just goes up there and he's got the high, and, the high, you know, bat holding that bat up high stance. Always the high socks. Yeah. He looks like a little leaguer yeah, sometimes, the mask, but full time mask. It's good work. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, he I, I I like him a lot. I think he's I think he's a good little ball player, and he. He seems like a, a guy that good teams would have on their bench that can play everywhere and can sometimes come up and get a big hit. And other than that, yeah, I don't know. He's I've I've enjoyed the uh, Ronnie Torres experience. Sure. Um, Who would think that you know Nick Maton and Ron Torres are the things we're like, hey, this is pretty cool, huh? Yeah, two utility guys, Sweet. great, awesome, it's, everything's yeah. fine. Um, uh, Odubel's bat looks really fast. I mean. Just consistently hitting the ball hard. I mean, he's been again, good. Wish, wish he wasn't here. But yeah, same. But he's been good. Um, I wish we had Haim. I know. Like, so desperately. It's all I could think about the whole Red Sox series. It's all I could think about. I mean, it's not even the fact that. All right. Back into. All right. Just, I just want everyone <laughs> to think about how ridiculous this is. They hired the analytics guy from the Angels. <laughs> To be their like shrewd new analytics guru, the angels. Why? Like, why was that the guy? Oh, right, because they hired Andy McPhail, and Andy McPhail knew him from Baltimore, and this is all disaster. We should have had Hyam Bloom in 2015, and he's not here. And then we should have had him two years ago when they should have fired Clintac along with Gabe, um, and we could have had Hyam Bloom then. Even though, I mean, I guess the Red Sox job's a big job and all that. But we could add Haim, and it just drives you crazy. And, you know, maybe third time's a charm. You know, maybe like 20 years down the road, we'll bring him in. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. What else you got? Uh, Ranger Suarez impressed me a lot. Um, I guess it's just because he comes out of the bullpen, throws decently hard, and throws strikes. So I guess that's kind of my thing these days. Um, I'm sick and tired of <laughs> just uh, just walks and hit by batsmen. And, you know, it's just so refreshing to see a guy come in and just throw strikes and get outs. Crazy concept. But um, Ranger was great two years ago. Uh, obviously, last year he was out. Um, never got his way back up here. Or maybe he did by the end of the year, but it wasn't, like, impactful at all. Um, but looks like he's back to being the Ranger Suarez from 2019. So that's been a, a nice little addition to have. I mean, I guess if he's, if he's your long man, that's better than David Hale, Matt Moore. Like, again, Matt Moore and Chase Anderson are now, like, kind of out of the rotation for Spencer Howard and, and Vince Velasquez. And it's just like $7 million. <laughs> like $7 million for those two. Um, it's insane. But at least Suarez looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, $7 million. But, yes. <laughs> Seven minutes. Pleasant surprise. You got anything else? I have two more. Okay, things. and then I got things for I, you, so we're not done. Okay. okay, I have no idea what to make of this Cornelius Randolph. That okay? So this is one of my. I have two tweets. I get to my other thing was Cornelius Randolph. That I wanted to bring this up to you. He's got like an OPS of like eleven fifty or something in that neighborhood. He is only he's turning 24 next week like for some reason it feels like he's 35 years old it feels like he's been around for a decade and a half uh so i was gonna ask you what to make of it you just said you have no idea what to make of it talk it out so Cornelius randolph 
obviously is the correct pick over Walker Buehler. We all know. Oh, who doesn't? Um, I mean, evidence suggests. <laughs> of course. Um, but I just I don't know what to make of it. Like, could it be a guy that figured it out? Could it be the O chart magic? Could it be um, all this stuff? I, because like he's been such an afterthought for like three or four years, it feels like, where he's just like, oh, Cornelius Randolph's just bad. Um, but, I mean, he's doing, like, he came off the bench yesterday and just hit a, hit a dinger, and it's like, hey, guess what? Cornelius Randolph is here. Like, what? <laughs> Cornelius Randolph? Um, so I genuinely have no idea what to think. I am very intrigued if it keeps going. Talk to me in a month, and we'll see if I reevaluate but color me intrigued at this moment about Cornelius Randolph. I am intrigued, hitting the ball hard, bat looks fast. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's something to monitor. His OPS is over 1,100, whatever. Thing he's, <laughs> I think he was like 13 of 22 in their, in their weekend series. So I don't know. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they, they have something. I, I have no idea, but I'm intrigued. I'm all in. I believe you're all yeah. in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was always, the, was always the right pick. I loved him coming out of high school. I was like, what a pick this guy. He hits, he's just a hitter. Uh, and I never lost faith, Jack. I never lost. Well, faith. yeah. And I think, I think Harold Reynolds on the, uh, on the draft covers that night said, he, said he's <laughs> like the next Tony Gwynn basically. And I, and like, I was like, Oh, okay, great. Yep. And, <laughs> and, and I never yeah, bailed. Yeah. All right. What else you yep. got? Uh, and my last thing is with Phil Mickelson winning the, uh, oh, you're the PGA. like doing all my things. So, so no, I know you'll do the Nance thing later, but and Phil um, defeats father time. A good call. A good call by Jim. Shout out um, to Jim Nance, our patron saint. Yes, Jimmy, but um, I like when he makes it easy on me. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's easy when he's calling the PGA yeah, Championship. Yeah. But, uh. um, I love. I don't know about you, but like my favorite thing in sports, not Philly related, championship related, all that. Like an old dude having a throwback moment is like my favorite thing in sports. I always remembered like. Kenny Rogers in the 06 ALCS just like out of nowhere he was like 42 in through seven shutout and like at that moment I was like you know what I love watching old dudes just have one of those like throwback performances and today was another example of Phil throwing it back you know lefty 50 years old oldest guy to win a major and it was just the it was just the coolest thing ever like he's hitting that 366 yard drive in like the, the 16th hole it's like it's like you're 50 man like that's impossible, but um, old guys throwing it back and and having a dominant performance and winning and having whatever is hands down my favorite, like just pure sports kind of thing. Yeah, so I agree with you. I am a, a huge fan of the old guy throwing it down, dominating, you know, type of thing. I'm very with you on that. Um, I, I do... I. I have a minor bone to pick with you on it uh, because that was one of my two tweets I was going to write because you tweeted out, you know, uh, basically, you know, you're, you're psyched for Phil, you know, basically like excited about this happening, but here's what I, I can't understand. You've talked many times about how big a tiger guy you are, like tiger guy, you know, that's your, your, your right. dude. Like, I don't think you can be a tiger guy and a Phil guy. 
I think you have to choose. It's you're either like, I love it today. I'm a Phil guy. I'm not a Tiger guy. Like, I know he's the best and all that, but Tiger's, a, a you know, not my cup of tea. I'm not a Tiger. I'm a Phil guy. Phil looks like a good time. I like to have a beer with Phil. So I'm a Phil guy. I don't think you could be a Phil guy and a Tiger guy. I feel like this is, I don't know, I'm calling BS on you. Well, us in the us in the golf community, uh, we can respect multiple <laughs> players, <laughs> multiple players at, at once. Um, no, it's you know, I but I've always liked Phil. Like uh-huh. I, I've always liked Tiger more. I, I was never like Sergio always bothered me, but like I was, and then Sergio cost me money like two years ago. It was infuriating. I'm still not over it. Um, but I don't know. Like it's not like, you know, I guess if. I don't know. It's it's like if Jordan and LeBron played at the same time and Jordan was done way earlier and then LeBron had a throwback moment, like, I would be happy for LeBron, you know? I mean, it's just I was a Tiger guy. I will always be a Tiger guy. I always liked Phil. Um, I had no problems with Phil. But, like, golf, there's so many guys I root for, you know? Like, like if Spieth had a throwback weekend, I would be I would be ecstatic, even though he's like twenty six and he say, hasn't recovered like from Throwback, he's still young. Well, dude, I mean, like he's not even he's I not know, over. I know the twenty sixteen. Yeah, Masters. this, this like, dude, sounds. I, uh, I I can't get down with this. I think you need to choose. It's like being like a all right. Well, then being like you're, a, you're oh, I'm a Lakers me. fan and I'm a Knicks fan too. Whichever one's doing good. Well, know. listen, MSG is alive tonight. I might be a Knicks. I fan. know. Um, I know. I'm in on it. It's good times. But, I mean, I guess it's fair. I guess just with golf watching, it's like, ah, you root for the guys. You know? I get it. And yes, because uh, obvi- yeah. what else are you going to root for? They're caddy. Um, uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, root for the, uh, I root for the sponsorships. Yeah. All right, last thing uh, for me. Um, you got to stop tweeting you're going to quit the pot if they lose a game. This team's not good enough for you to do that. This team is not trustworthy enough. Like, would you really quit the pod? Like, do you mean it? Would you really? Because if you mean it, don't do it. Don't do it. Because this team's not worth that. Like, they're just not good enough. Every time I see you tweet, oh, I'm going to quit the pod if this team loses this game or whatever, I'm like, (laughs) oh, this is like a dangerous move. (laughs) Yeah, well, here's here's the thought process behind it. I need to put extra pressure on them. Like, the the feels like a loss thing, it only works to, to a certain extent. But if I say I threaten to quit the podcast, like I just want everyone out there to know how locked in I am on this game <laughs> and how much I need this win. And I think they're three and zero. I think they're three and zero in in the times that I have tweeted, you know, need this tonight. Like I'll quit the podcast if they lose this game because like some of us just have a feel for when they're gonna win. And when they went up four nothing in the first, I wasn't scared. I was like, listen, I, I'm gonna. Tweet you this weren't. Out. That's good. Yeah, I, I think this is this is a win. This is a stone cold win. It's been a win my whole life. So, um, it, will it backfire at some point? Yes. Do I only use it when it's imperative? Yes. Um, but I was looking for a little extra, you know, motivation on that tweet, and threatening to quit the podcast was my was my uh, my 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 move. All right. Well, it worked out. Don't do it against the Marlins. All right. Oh, listen, I would like I I have been I have I'm still not even over the Starling Marte like triple down the line against Brandon Workman last year. Like for as for as much as like everyone talks about the 19 uh, to 11. Yeah, they talk about 19 to 11. Like 
The Brandon Workman game was the most win I've seen in my life until that guy got in the ball game and ruined it for me. And Starling Marte smoked the ball. And I'm like, you know what? This is the worst. I don't even want to watch again. And then guess who was there watching it again the next night? This guy. Um, but, like, it, it, that game was brutal. That was the most That was the most a game has felt like a win that they lost in, well, since this year. So, <sighs> Marlins series. <laughs> Marlin series. Can't wait to. I wonder what we're going to be talking about on Thursday. Okay, the two. What honestly, if, what honestly, if they take three or four. Yeah, I I, I, I was literally just trying to say, I would sign for two of four right now. Right now, in Miami on the road against the Mons, I would sign up right now for two of four. I would, I would gladly take it. I would too. Yeah. Two or four, boys. We're not we, we, just, we're not asking much of come you. Come on. Not asking much of you. Two or four. Um, all right. Uh, you got any final thoughts? Um, I don't have any final thoughts. There was a lot of uh, high hopes listeners that came out to the brewery this weekend. Just throughout, that was it was a pleasure. You know, running into some of those. Some of those yeah, people. I saw, so you saw cool. the people tweeting out the can. You know, it's it cool. Oh, listen, listen. Cool. We gotta, we gotta. You know, yeah. Get the podcast out there. Yeah, oh, look out, look out uh, for each other. That's what you're trying to say. Yes, right? yes, yes. I think we're, I, I'm very sorry to do this to you, oh, James. Oh, great. I, I cannot wait to see what this is. Go ahead. Saturday, June 12th, uh, High Hopes Night at the Brewery? Saturday, June 12th. Um, I don't know. I got to talk to him. I mean, I'm, ge- I'm guessing. Right, Thursday, Thursday night, we'll have an answer. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance that should work, but I got to talk to him. All right, sounds All good, right. but that would be ideal. I, I think, yes, that could be good. I will talk to her. I, I definitely want to make it happen, so very likely. We'll tell you on Thursday. Is that good? That's good. All right. He's some salsa. We'll see you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.